This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. A'udhu billahi minash rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim High Excellence presents Jewels from the Holy Quran A series of lectures by Mufti Ismail ibn Musa Menk Lecture 6 to six and quarter to seven and a half. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Alhamdulillahi alladhi hadana lihada wa ma kunna linahtadiya lawla an hadana Allah. All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, creator, nourisher, cherisher, sustainer, provider, protector of one and all. Complete blessings and salutations be upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and all his companions. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for having guided us to this. Had it not been for his guidance, we would have indeed been misguided. And also we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from us the salah that we've just engaged in, to accept from us the fasting for his sake and to uplift us spiritually in this month of Ramadan. Honored ulama, beloved brothers and sisters and dearest listeners, the verses that we read tonight were the verses of Surah Al-An'am, the surah that is named after the cattle. One of the reasons why the surah is named the surah of the cattle is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made mention in it what is permissible in terms of cattle. And also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gone into the details of how to slaughter the animals and the fact that we should not be eating those animals which were slaughtered in a manner that the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was not mentioned upon slaughtering. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us conscious of what food goes into our mouths. If you notice, nearly every day we've been speaking about the food that goes into our mouths. Alhamdulillah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts off the surah by warning the previous nations, by warning those who were at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, for us, that is called the previous people, or those are the previous people. But warning the kuffar of Quraysh, and telling them to look at the previous nations who were before them, how powerful they were, how mighty they were, how much wealth they had, how much physical strength they had, what they were given, and still Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed them when they belied the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the message is for all of us. Let us not feel that we are physically very powerful, because if the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to overtake us, no matter how strong we are, and how many people we can out-wrestle, the punishment can still come to us. Take a look at the floods and the tsunamis and the, uh, the adverse weather that is going on across the globe, the tremors, the earthquakes and so on. It is possible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to punish us in the same way, but we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have mercy on us and not to do that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
ألم يروا كم أهلكنا من قبلهم من قرن مكناهم في الأرض ما لم نمكن لكم Do they not see how many nations we have destroyed before them whom we granted much more in terms of power, in terms of strength, in terms of wealth than them on this earth. And Allah says that He destroyed them. أَهْلَكْنَاهُمْ بِذُنُوبِهِمْ وَأَنْشَأْنَا مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ قَرْنًا آخَرِينَ Allah says we destroyed them because of their sins and we replaced them with other generations. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not do that to us. This is drawing our attention to the fact that those who are sinning must turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala soon rather than waiting for the punishment. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then makes mention of what the kuffar of Quraysh had asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They said, listen, we are ready to accept the message on condition that Allah sends an angel to talk to us. We want to see the angel ourselves. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this and He gives the response. He says, وَقَالُوا لَوْلَا أُنزِلَ عَلَيْهِ مَلَكٍ وَلَوْ أَنزَلْنَا مَلَكًا لَقُضِيَ الْأَمْرُ ثُمَّ لَا يُنظَرُونَ وَلَوْ جَعَلْنَاهُ مَلَكًا لَجَعَلْنَاهُ رَجُلًا وَلَلَبَسْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ مَا يَلْبِسُونَ They asked the question, why, don't, why doesn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send down an angel? We want to talk to the angel. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we are capable of sending an angel. But if we send an angel, as soon as you reject the message that the angel comes with, we will punish you immediately. Because we came with that which you wanted. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the weakness of man. In the past, at the time of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, so many plagues were sent down to the people of Fir'aun. And every time they went to Musa alayhi salam and they said, if Allah takes away these plagues, we will worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we will accept your message. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took away those plagues and every single time, they did not come to what they had promised. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, it's a mercy that we haven't sent the angels to you. And had we sent the angel, we would have sent him in the form of a human being wearing clothes that you wear and you wouldn't even be able to pick up that this person was an angel. In fact, Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam came in the midst of the Sahaba once and he sat with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he asked him so many questions about Islam, about Iman, about Ihsan. It is known as Hadith Jibreel. The Hadith where it is made mention of Jibreel having come and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam asked the Sahaba after he went, do you know who that was? The Sahaba had commented that he was looking very, very young, very, very handsome. He had black, black hair. We did not know him. He was a foreigner, but it did not seem as though he was tired. So we don't know where he came from. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, that was Jibreel alayhi salam. He came here asking me questions to teach you the deen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all understanding. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about that. And he says, don't wait for the angels to come. In fact, one of the verses we read tonight, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَوْ أَنَّنَا نَزَّلْنَا إِلَيْهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةَ وَكَلَّمَهُمُ الْمَوْتَى وَحَشَرْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ قُبُلًا مَّا كَانُوا لِيُؤْمِنُوا إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ 
those type of people, even if all the dead people were resurrected in order to talk to them, and all those who passed away came back from the dead to tell them that listen, it is definitely the truth, and even if all the angels came, and everyone from the past had to come to tell them that you know, this is the true message, they, wouldn't, they would not believe. They still wouldn't believe. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, it is Allah who guides. May He guide us all, inshallah. May He soften our hearts in the month of Ramadan. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and we all know He was perfect. He was protected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from sin. He was ma'asum. He did not commit a sin. He was the highest. And He says, or He was told to say by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, قُلْ إِنِّي أَخَافُ إِنْ عَصَيْتُ رَبِّي عَذَابَ يَوْمٍ عَظِيمٍ Say, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, tell them that even I fear the punishment of the day of Qiyamah if I were to transgress. Now if Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that he also fears the punishment if he was to transgress, what about us? Don't we fear the punishment? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. This surah, is different in the sense that it has more talk about the punishment than the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It reminds us more of how Allah has destroyed the previous nations and how He is capable and able of taking away even our faculties and our health, the faculties He has provided us with of sight, of hearing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ أَرَأَيْتُمْ إِنْ أَخَذَ اللَّهُ سَمْعَكُمْ وَأَبْصَارَكُمْ وَخَتَمَ عَلَى قُلُوبِكُمْ مَنْ إِلَاهٌ غَيْرُ اللَّهِ يَأْتِيكُمْ بِهِ Do they not see? If Allah wanted to take away their sight or their hearing, or if Allah wanted to seal their hearts, who would be able to restore those faculties besides Allah? We all know that it's only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why then do we find ourselves transgressing? In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks another question. قُلْ أَرَأَيْتَكُمْ إِنْ أَتَاكُمْ عَذَابُ اللَّهِ أَوْ أَتَتْكُمُ السَّاعَةِ Do they not see? If the punishment of Allah had to descend upon them, or suddenly they had to die, or suddenly the hour had to come, would they call out to anyone besides Allah? Who would they call out so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَغَيْرَ اللَّهِ تَدْعُونَ Is there anyone besides Allah in that condition that you would call out to? Why then do we find ourselves calling out to those besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or transgressing the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We are weak. We are in need of Allah's mercy. Let us turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for indeed it is not too late. In fact, Allah makes mention subhanahu wa ta'ala of the fact that those people who will be driven to the fire because of their disbelief, from that point where they are standing in front of the fire, they will, they will yell, they will make comments, and their hearts will wish something. What is that wish of theirs? Allah says, وَلَوْ تَرَىٰ إِذُ قِفُوا عَلَى النَّارِ فَقَالُوا يَا لَيْتَنَا نُرَدُّ وَلَا نُكَذِّبَ بِآيَاتِ رَبِّنَا وَنَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Had you to see them when they are standing in front of the fire, they will say, why doesn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us another chance so that we can go back to the world and we can fulfill the message and fulfill the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we will not belie the messengers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues and He says, وَلَوْ رُدُّوا 
لعادوا لما نهوا عنه وإنهم لكاذبون Even if we had to give them another chance and we had to send them back into the earth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says they would return to their bad ways. They would forget the fact that just now they had pledged us to say when we go back we're going to do good and they went and they still did bad. How many of us are guilty of engaging in sincere tawbah? We cry, warm tears down our cheeks. We promise Allah, Ya Allah, I'll never repeat this again. The following day or before the day ends, we already find ourselves in the same sin. May Allah help us. We are weak. We are insan. But let us find ourselves, inshaAllah, from amongst those who can make a firm intention and turn for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, in life, we want to get better every time. A person who earns a salary of 2,000 rands would like to get to 3,000. If they don't get that promotion, they might leave the job. So when you've employed someone, please give them a little bit of promotion now and again, inshaAllah, so that they stay with you and they work hard. But... We want goodness. If we own a small car, we want to own a bigger car. We own a small house, we want to own a bigger house. We own one house, we want to own two houses. We have one business, we want to have two. You have branches in Cape Town, now you want to go to Port Elizabeth and open a branch there. Yes, it happens. But when it comes to deen, why are we hypocritical? We read one salah, we don't want to get to two. We read two, we don't want to get to three. What is the problem? We become so hypocritical, we only think of dunya, dunya, dunya. That is why Allah has to remind us to say, do you know, the akhirah is actually the real life. This life is a deception. This life of the dunya is very short. What you see here is nothing. One hadith describes Jannah. And the hadith says, فِيهَا مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَتْ وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِعَتْ وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرْ In Jannah, there is that which no eyes have seen, no ears have ever heard of, and no mind or heart has ever imagined. So if you close your eyes today, and you imagine a glass castle suspended in the air, and you are reclining suspended in the air as well, and you can see the rivers beneath you of pure honey and pure juice, the fact that your mind can think of that, already in Jannah is better than that. Because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرٍ No heart or mind of the human beings could have ever even dreamt or imagined of what we have prepared for them in Jannah. So whatever you can dream of and imagine in Jannah is much better than that. So why then don't we open our other branches when it comes to that type of business? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, هَلْ أَدُلُّكُمْ عَلَىٰ تِجَارَةٍ Should we not show you a business which will save you from punishment? Why does Allah use the word tijara and business? Because He knows that when you talk about salah and zakah, man, He listens but it is at the back of His mind. The minute you talk about money and wealth and business, automatically, yes, yes, I want to make more money. So Allah says, let me show you a business that will save you from a grievous punishment and give you, give you jannah. That is to obey Allah and His commands. And to stay away from the prohibitions of Allah Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then makes mention again of the fact that we must not grieve. The message is for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But obviously we all have a lesson to learn from it. قَدْ نَعْلَمُ إِنَّهُ لَيَحْزُنُكَ الَّذِي يَقُولُونَ فَإِنَّهُمْ لَا يُكَذِّبُونَكَ وَلَكِنَّ الظَّالِمِينَ بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ يَجَحَدُونَ we know, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we know that it grieves you. 
It grieves you that which they utter. But we want to give you good news that they know that you are truthful. They know that you are always uttering the truth. They used to call you as sadiqul Amin from before. But their arrogance has led them to deny intentionally. So sometimes what happens with us, people make our lives difficult, but they know that we are right. It happens with us. And the perpetrators as well, there is a lesson for them here. If we make other people's lives difficult as well, let us know that Allah is giving them good news. And Allah is telling them, don't let people like that stress you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those whose health can become better through the decrease of stress by the barakah of this Qur'an and by the blessings of the recitation of the Qur'an because it is definitely the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then speaks about something very important. He says, when I have given people lots of wealth, sometimes it's a sign of my punishment. Allahu Akbar. Did we ever know that? Allah says, when I have opened the doors sometimes for certain people and I've given them so much, sometimes it is because I'm upset with them and angry with them and I'm about to destroy them. So as a last thing, I give them lots of wealth and lots of sustenance. Allah says, فَلَمَّا نَسُوا مَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ When they forgot my message, when they forgot me, I opened the doors of sustenance and I gave them so much until they drowned in their wealth and they forgot me completely. Then I pulled the rope and I destroyed them suddenly, all of them. حَتَّى إِذَا فَرِحُوا بِمَا أُوتُوا Look at what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. That then when they became so engrossed in their wealth and their sustenance and they felt that Allah was pleased with them, Allah says we destroyed them suddenly and we put an end to them. Now the question is, if I have lots of wealth, how do I know whether this is a punishment or whether it's a gift? Firstly, if we find ourselves closer to Allah, we find ourselves in the masjid, we find ourselves concerned about Allah's presence, concerned about His commands, concerned about the life after death, then inshallah it's a gift. But the minute our wealth makes us feel like we are now above the rest of the people, and our noses are slightly higher to the degree that we are breathing the air one inch above everybody else's air, then there is a problem then that means it's punishment. Definitely. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam here, he, do you know the kuffar of Quraysh, the rich people of Quraysh? They said, oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we are ready to accept the message. But firstly, these dirty people, chase them away. Don't talk to them. Bilal ibn Rabah and Ammar ibn Yasir and so on. Chase them away, we don't want to see. They were our slaves before. How can we now sit in the same gathering where you are and they are? That was what they said. Now, do you know the justice of Islam? You already know the answer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا جَاءَكَ الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِآيَاتِنَا فَقُلْ سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ كَتَبَ رَبُّكُمْ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ الرَّحْمَةِ Allahu Akbar. Allah says, when the believers come to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, no matter who they are, no matter what their status is, how rich or poor they are, no matter where they come from, Greet them with salamun alaykum. 
Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Greet everyone. One of the ahadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Do you want to enter Jannah? Then spread salam. And tusallim ala kulli man arafta wa man lam ta'rif. Greet those whom you know and you don't know. The fact that you know this person is a Muslim, greet them. Nowadays, aren't we guilty of only greeting those people who we want to greet, whom we know, or those people who, who have something for us? Sometimes when a man is driving a large Mercedes Benz, we greet the Mercedes, but we don't greet the man. The same applies when we see a person with a lot of money, we greet his money, but we forget to greet him. Allahu Akbar. Why? How do we know that? The day he doesn't have the money, no one wants to know him. Allahu Akbar. This is hypocrisy. And as Muslims, we are to greet the iman, the Islam of the person. The fact that they have iman, they are brothers. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, don't ever chase away those who have believed from the very beginning their iman is there, greet them properly. And Allah says, I have prescribed upon myself mercy. Why does Allah mention these two together, the greeting and the mercy? Because when we greet each other, we will earn the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We will enter Jannah. One hadith says, that is reported by Abdullah ibn Salam, where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, أَفْشُ السَّلَامَ وَأَطْعِمُ الطَّعَامَ وَصِلُ الْأَرْحَامَ وَصَلُّوا بِاللَّيْلِ وَالنَّاسُ نِيَامُ تَدْخُلُوا جَنَّةَ رَبِّكُمْ بِسَلَامُ If you'd like to enter Jannah with ease, there are a few things you need to do. Greet everyone, spread peace, be at peace with everyone. Don't make people's lives difficult, number one. That is part of salam. And feed the people. Give wealth, give your wealth out. Feed people, clothe people. Make sure that you have gone out to try and reach to those who are poor. That is the second issue. And go out and mend your family relations. Go out and mend your family relations that might have been severed. Make an effort to work on your family members. And to try and solve disputes within the family. And read salah at night when nobody is watching, everybody is asleep. Just you are awake, get up and read salah. And Allah says through the hadith that that is how you will enter Jannah through ease, very easily. May Allah grant that to us. So Allah speaks about salam and He speaks about mercy. And He says, those who have done bad, they have committed evil deeds, they have committed sins, then they remember Allah very soon after that, and they seek forgiveness. Allah is most forgiving, most merciful. Amazing. Here's a verse of mercy. But it is important that we do not harm fellow human beings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then speaks about what type of people we should not be mixing with. وَإِذَا رَأَيْتَ الَّذِينَ يَخُوضُونَ فِي آيَاتِنَا فَأَعْرِضْ عَنْهُمْ حَتَّى يَخُوضُوا فِي حَدِيثٍ غَيْرِهِ When you see people joking about Allah, mocking about the signs of Allah, when you see people engaged in any type of sin against the commands of Allah, don't even sit with them, don't even associate with them until they engage in something else which is acceptable. And Allah says sometimes due to our weakness, we become oblivious of the fact that these people are actually engaged in sin and we are their friends. As soon as we remember, we must turn away. If 
if shaitan makes you oblivious of the fact that you are in bad company, then as soon as you realize that, you must come out of that company. That is why it's important when a young man comes to you and says, make dua for me. One of the best duas to make for him, Ya Allah, safeguard this person from bad company. 99% of those on drugs, they will tell you it's peer pressure, my friends, my company. Those who smoke, a lot of them will say it's my company, my friends, that's how I started. May Allah safeguard us. Those who go out to the nightclubs, that's how they started. So friendship is something very important. This is why Rasulullah speaks about it in so many places. And he says, A person is known by his company. So each one of you be careful what type of company you have. May Allah make us from amongst those who can be good company for others, inshallah. And may He put us, inshallah, in the company of those who can benefit us at all times. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after that makes mention of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and the fact that he spoke to his father and he told his father, Oh my father, don't worship these idols. Don't worship these stones. And inshallah we will come to this later on in the Quran. But the message here in this place is connected to the fact that Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam looked at the stars. And he said, these stars are better than the stones. Common sense, a young man is looking at the stars. Then when the, the moon came out, he said, no, but the moon is bigger than the stars. That might just be my creator. Then when the sun came out in the morning, he looked at the sun and he said, no, I've been seeing the sun since I was born. But only now I realize the sun is bigger than everything else. So there is a possibility that the sun is my creator. Then when the sun set, he thought to himself, well, if the sun sets and I have a need at night, who will I call out to? So that can't be my creator. Then he says, I have turned my face in worship and submission to whomsoever has created the skies and the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars and all creation. And I only submit to that creator and I will not associate partners with that creator. Allahu Akbar. That is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we see the concept of godhood in Islam, we realize that there is no loophole in it. Whoever created me, that's who I worship. Whomsoever I'm going to return to, whoever he is, that's whom I worship. Whoever can cure me, whoever has the power and ability to cure me, whoever put the sickness in me in the first place, that's the one I will seek cure from. That is, all I know is, it is one supreme deity who has created absolutely everything and I call him the worshipped one. Which translates in the Arabic language as Allah. The meaning of the term Allah, the worshipped one, the one we worship. Who is he? Whoever created me, I call him the worshipped one. He is the one. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from amongst those who can discover him truly and correctly. Some of us, we claim to know Allah. We, know, we, we say we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But our statements are in one valley and our deeds are in another valley, heading somewhere else. We are saying we are going to Cape Town and the motor vehicle is facing somewhere else. Like the little joke that we once had, a man caught a train and he was moving from Durban to Johannesburg. That train was a two-sleeper. It had a lower level and, a, and, a, and an upper level. So he was on the wrong side of the station. So rather than going from Durban to Johannesburg, he caught the train going from Durban to Cape Town. 
And he didn't ask anyone anything. In his mind, he's going to Johannesburg. And he sat in it. He went to the top. He fell off to sleep. Sometime later, he got up, he looked down. And he asked the people, he says, How far is Joburg? And they said, Well, we are going to Cape Town. He went back to sleep. He said, Wow, look at technology. Half of the train is going to Joburg and the other half is going to Cape Town. That is what we are doing on a daily basis. We can laugh at it and think it's a joke. But we want to head to Jannah and we are going towards Jahannam. That's exactly the same example. Wallahi, let's think about it tonight. We can laugh at this joke, but we are all in it. It's us. We are doing it on a daily basis. We are trying to tell people we are going to Jannah and yet we are heading towards Jahannam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us stand inshallah on the right side of the station so that we don't catch the wrong train inshallah. So that is the example that we need to think of tonight inshallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thereafter makes mention of halal and haram and he says don't eat that whereby the, the name of Allah is not mentioned upon slaughtering. When we slaughter the animal, the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must be mentioned and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has stipulated precisely how it will be slaughtered. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the acceptance to put only that which is halal in our mouths. There is another list similar to the list we mentioned yesterday in this surah of the foodstuffs that are haram. And over and above that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this surah makes mention of the other aspects that are haram. The other issues that are haram, he speaks about shirk that is haram. He speaks about disobedience of parents in that which is good. Disobeying the parents in that which is reasonable. That is also a grave sin. He speaks about killing. And he speaks about killing one's own children. And he speaks about eating the wealth of orphans. Didn't we speak about stealing the wealth of the women when it comes to inheritance? That is what is meant here as well. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, Be careful of injustice. Don't ever utter that which is false and that which is unjust. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Always fulfill your promises and remain steadfast. And I'd like to end with two things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the opening verses of the eighth chapter of the Quran, Allah says, وَكَذَٰلِكَ جَعَلْنَا لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍّ عَدُوًّا شَيَاطِينَ الْإِنسِ وَالْجِنِّ يُوحِي بَعْضُهُمْ إِلَىٰ بَعْضٍ زُخْرُفَ الْقَوْلِ غُرُورًا In the same way, we have, for every Nabi, we have had people who have been devils, who have been harassing and hassling these Anbiya, from amongst the devils of mankind and the devils of jinn kind. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this verse to give comfort to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying that if there are people troubling you, don't worry. They were people troubling all the anbiya. And this verse is a blessing for anyone who wants to correct others. Any of the ulama of this deen who have got up in order to rectify something, they will definitely face Stiff opposition, firstly from amongst the shayateen in their own communities. Allah speaks about them. Allah says, the shayateen of man before the shayateen of ins, meaning before the shayateen of jinn, because they are worse. And Allah says, in every community, we have certain people who are shayateen. وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَا فِي كُلِّ قَرْنِيَةٍ أَكَابِرَ مُجْرِمِيهَا لِيَمْكُرُوا فِيهَا 
وما يمكرون إلا بأنفسهم وما يشعرون In every nation, in every community, in every society, there are people who are shayateen, they are mujrims, they are criminals going around making life difficult for those who are closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah not do that to us. As I said, the lesson is twofold. One, the victims. We have good news that look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's plan includes this. But for those who are perpetrators, there is a warning. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, don't be these criminals. Don't go around making life difficult just because we don't like what was said. We must now fight these people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us strong. May He make us from amongst those who can support our ulama. May He make us from amongst those who will be resurrected with the ulama, with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the day of Qiyamah. Inshallah, in the correct place and not in the wrong place. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah wa bihamdih. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.